<laughs> when he was a young warthog. <laughs> when I was a young warthog. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, that's trick me into starting the podcast that way. <laughs> Yelling. Punches me in the face. It's shut <laughs> Let's God go. Bless. Hey, everybody. Hi. So, this is episode two. Welcome back, if you're listening. I can't believe we made it this far. I, <laughs> I would like to thank the Academy <laughs> again. Oh, my God. Mom, Dad, I knew it would work out. I knew it would. I knew it would. Jesus. Um. So, hi. How you been? How's everything going? Audience, hope you're good. Uh, we've been okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a word. Aaron, how have you been? I've been okay. I didn't enjoy that, like, heat tundra. Yeah, That's what I'm going to call it, a heat tundra. I mean, I was just going to call it hell. Right. Like, okay. It, or that. Yeah. Yeah. Just had a heat wave go through Chicago, and boy, howdy, was I sweating. Did you say howdy? Boy, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that in real life, but no. today's the day. You know what? I'm tired of being called the Southern one in our friend group. I don't say y'all. I don't say howdy or boy howdy. I just said I don't usually say it. But you did. I did, because that's how hot it was. I felt like I was in the Old West. (laughs) There we go. That's the connection. Pow, pow. Pow, pow, motherfucker, pow, pow. (laughs) So I didn't enjoy uh, the heat, but I finally got an AC unit, so that was great. Yeah. Because I was dying before that. I don't doubt that you weren't. Yeah. Shout out to my grandparents for uh, sending me some money to get that. They felt bad. Yeah, so other than that, just been working, getting to it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more tired. Don't I mean, you can be, but I'm more tired than I'm sure you're not. So. No, I am, but it's a different kind of tired. Mentally tired? I'm mentally drained. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of, how are you? <laughs> You can't see it, but there's a tear. <laughs> yeah, I'm great, actually. You know what? I've never been better. I didn't want to talk about myself. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> yeah, so I have been doing the job hunting, and it's... <laughs> Going. Yes. Although, I had, honestly, I had the best interview of my life. Oh, yeah, today? No. Yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. Yes. Yeah, how'd it go? Uh, went amazing. Good. Uh, loved everyone I talked to. I think they loved me, so that's great. That's always good. I don't know why they wouldn't, but <laughs> puts it on resume. You'll like me. I don't know why you wouldn't. If you don't, then you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not gonna get anyone like me. I, <laughs> I guarantee I you. Should, I should have your job. You need to quit. That exactly. I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's literally what <laughs> I told the partner of the firm. <laughs> I went. Mean, you know what? That's actually, what I told them. Reverse the roles. 
I'm going to be in that chair. You know, how about I do the interview? <laughs> you. It's like stepbrothers. Like, no, we're going to conduct the interview. Oh, my gosh. That, gives, um, that scene gives me anxiety. But, yeah, I walked out. I was like, I'm like a street down from Michigan Avenue. I'm in my little heels, my little dress. I have a little blazer. I'm hot. I'm in, and was kind of hot. Right. Um, but I was like, this is incredible. And I thought of, like, you know, we're talking about TV shows today. And mm-hmm. I thought about, like, the opening of the Mary Tyler Moore show where she takes her hat throws it in the air and is smiling. Good moment. Uh, I felt like that. And then my mother called me to talk about my finances. And it was like somebody did a drive-by shooting on me. Yeah. It's like the amazing high that you can feel. And then you just got bitch slapped. Yep. That can happen. Yeah, that happens quite frequently when I talk to my parents. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. They're They're like, like, how are you? Yeah, and you're like, I'm broke. And they're like, what did you do? And you're like... I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I promise. I swear. Yeah, I'm just trying to make it. It's great. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. We're still here. So, to conclude my story, I'm amazing. I've never felt better. Great. That's <laughs> wonderful. And that transitions us into today. Actually, it does. Uh, yeah, today is part two of our three-part saga. Yeah, so we're talking about our top three favorite shows, and the thing you mentioned about Mary Tyler Moore actually ties into one of my shows, so I'll try really? to... Yeah, I'll try to remember that when we get to it, but... Uh, Is it Mary rem- Tyler Moore? I mean, it has to do with Mary Tyler Moore. Is it Dick Van Dyke? No, I wish it was. I didn't put it on this list, but that's always a favorite of mine. I've actually never watched that one. Oh, it's so good. I like really? it a lot. Yeah. Okay. It's I like, like Dick Van Dyke. It's like I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke. Those are the two most that I've yeah. watched growing up. Oh, definitely. Anyway, well, before that, we wanted to give an update from last episode. Okay. We actually got each other to watch one of the movies from our list that we haven't seen. So yeah. I got Ren to watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. <laughs> Step up your game, Scott. Break out the L word. Lesbian? The other L word. Lesbians? It's love, Scott. I wasn't trying to trick you. <laughs> and then she got me to watch uh, When, when Harry, Harry Met, Met Sally. Sally. This stupid... Wagon wheel, Roy Rogers garage sale coffee table. I thought you liked it. I was being nice. There we go. Listeners, I still hope you heed my advice. You know, don't don't do it. Uh, what first off, what did you think about Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Oh my God. <laughs> okay, not gonna lie, Scott Pilgrim has been it's set for Back to the Future by far the best. Yeah, it was it was so good. It yeah. really was. I mean, just okay. So I feel like a lot of older generations would probably look at a film like this, and you look at a face like Michael, what's his name, Sarah. Yeah. Um, you look at a face like his, and you're thinking, "Oh my God, some millennial shit all over again," and I'm wow. not gonna deal with it. Wow. And I mean, well, I think that they would probably view it like that. Sure. But. Honestly, the thought that went behind this movie in every aspect of it, storyline, editing, cinematography, I mean, it was so incredible. It was so well thought out. Yeah. And I was genuinely surprised by that. Edgar Wright, man, every time. And I mean, honestly, I I love him, but I feel like if this was like a Seth Rogen film, 
it it would have had a different feel to it in a way yeah if that's understandable i don't know but that's just how i kind of viewed it but i loved it it was so funny and my favorite character was wallace yeah oh god wallace is wallace is a one mine's kim only because she like doesn't talk that much sort of yeah uh, very side character she gives her quips every now and then but more than that if you really look at it she's got this like really hurtful backstory because it mentions that scott and her dated and that something bad happened to end it even though scott's like oh no we're cool yeah like but i don't care doesn't think that like yeah there's a joke where he looks back at her and he's like we're all good now okay and then kim gives him like a death stare yeah she's like <laughs> but then at the end whenever scott says i'm sorry i hurt you and all that stuff yeah. she like is genuinely moved by it and like gives like, okay. the, her first genuine little bit of smile yeah so I love that. and that's another thing even the characters i mean it yeah, you had two lead characters in it, but it was really more of like an ensemble project. Yes. And I feel like that, at times, can be rare in a film. And I, mean, I don't know, maybe not today with all the superhero franchises out, <laughs> yeah. clearly, but I feel like at one point that was you know, an odd thing to have. And this movie does a great example of having that. True, 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 true. Yeah. So, Aaron, how did you like When Harry Met Sally? So... It was good. God. <laughs> Just so mad. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So it was good, but in my opinion, I wouldn't call it, like, the best rom-com ever. Or, like, I wouldn't hold it at the top for rom-coms and then compare other rom-coms to it. I mean, yeah. How can you hold the, you know, the movie that defined the rom-com genre as, like, the king of rom-coms? But, I mean, go on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Go anyway. on. Uh, <laughs> that's my point. No, it was it was good. I was mostly frustrated the whole time because, you know, like, I get this is the point, is that you want them to be together, and it takes the entire movie for them to finally get together and be happy with each other. But that's what was so annoying the whole time, is it was just... It was like, yeah, I liked that they were friends. And to be honest, if they had ended up only being friends in the end, I would have been more satisfied than if they got together. What? Yeah. Okay, but when we look at relationships now, and, you know, obviously, typically, it does not take, like, 12 years to get together. But I like it in the sense that it does show kind of, like, the back and forth and everything. Because, you know, like, well, like... The TV show Sex in the City, one, one of their biggest flaws is that it's just like they go on one date with a guy and then they're like, okay, we're, we're exclusive now. And that's not always the case. And so I feel like that kind of shows a little bit more like there is push and pull on it. Yeah, fair. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the push and pull. Like, I don't think it should be too easy. But that went on for 12 years. Hey. They met and then 12 years later they finally got together like i would be more excited if it ended with them finally getting together when they were like 70 (laughs) okay then i would have been like then i would have been like wow their whole lives have been leading to this moment that was just 12 years it took too long and they both knew what they wanted but were avoiding it you know that's my opinion on it. But I do, there were genuine moments I really enjoyed. Like, I did enjoy the fact that they became really good friends, and it took for them to meet, 
to drift apart, to meet again, to become friends. Yeah. I think that's really funny. Um, because then, after they became friends, it didn't take that long for them to be together. Yeah, I guess so. But I just, for me, I enjoyed more when they were friends than dealing with their relationship. Okay. I mean, because I, can... I think they did have a good buddy air to them. Like, I enjoyed their camaraderie as yeah. friends. Okay. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. Like, like, I will say my favorite moment of the whole film is when they're in the store with the karaoke machine. Really? he sees... What's her name? Helen? Helen. He sees Helen again, and then he goes into this turmoil, this internal turmoil, and they go to their friend's place that they just moved into, and he just busts open with yeah. anger and his thoughts and when uh, Sally tries to console him he fires back at her yeah. about her issues and then she gets so upset and then finally they're both like oh wow this like is, I'm sorry you yeah, know like, like we shouldn't why, have said those things know, yeah. it's fine I, I just thought that was a great moment because to me that wasn't two people that are in love with each other that can't say it that are that hurt each other and are trying to make up. That was like two great friends who fought about a stupid thing and let their anger get the better of them and then had to resolve it. Okay. And I thought that was like the truest moment of the whole film. Okay. I I mean, that's really, yeah. That's definitely an interesting take on it. And that's not honestly a wrong comparison I feel like to make. So you've watched You've Got Mail, right? I've seen You've Got Mail before. I can't remember most of it, but I've, I've seen it. I know I have. Okay, because I was going to ask, what did you like better? And what did you think was a better film? Because they're both by Nora Ephron. Right. And they're both the same genre, and they both star Meg Ryan. Yeah. To be honest, I don't, like, as of right now, I couldn't compare them. I'd have to rewatch You've Got Mail to figure that out. Hi, um, we're going to take a break real quick. I'm about to beat Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would have to rewatch that to make the comparison, but, like... Like I told you, I think the latest rom-com, which it's not really a rom-com, but it is a rom-com. I don't know what it's classified as, but like a romantic film that I've watched recently is P.S. I Love You. And I hadn't seen that for the first time when I watched it. Like I'd seen it before. I don't think it's a rom-com. He dies. Well, right. There are comedic (laughs) moments. I don't know if it's classified as that, but I would watch that before wanting to watch when Harry met Sally. But I'm glad that I watched it, and I'm glad that I can say that I watched it. Same with Pilgrim. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Handshake. Handshake. Your hands are clammed. Deal is sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, slimy. Slimy little eel hands. It's like juice coming from it. Ew. Like sticky. Aaron. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Let's get into today's episode. So, to the three people that are listening to this um we're sorry. We hope it doesn't go on that long again. <laughs> uh, we're, we're working on it, but also we just like to hear ourselves talk. So To start off, uh, we are having more drinks this episode. Mm-hmm. Ren, what are you drinking? Woo-hoo-hoo. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. You sorry. can feel it now, yeah? No, it's not that. I just, I honestly cracked myself up. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm a gift. Anyways, I am drinking out of my tiki mug. All the way from Houston, from a tiki bar in Houston, Texas. I am drinking, uh, what are they calling it? <laughs> <laughs> Screwdriver. Okay, I just, I knew, God, I knew what it was. I just never drank a lot of them in college. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah so everyone knows what that is okay how I'm just gonna take a drink. There you go. So, screwdriver. You're drinking a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Okay. I honestly did forget the name. It's okay. Mom, I'm not feeling anything right now, I promise you. I promise. She's as sober as a mom. Aaron, what are you chugging on? Oh, thank you for asking, Ren. Oh, yeah, no problem. Um, I am chugging on Coke Zero and Jack Daniels. So, Jack and Coke, but no sugar. Healthy. Healthy. <laughs> That's what we're about on this podcast. Yeah. Um, today's top three tips of being healthy. Uh, oh, those are ringing in my ear. I'm sorry. You know what? I started to hear it too. That's weird. Did you really? Yeah. Like, did you hear it from that ear? No, I heard it from your ear. Yes, I heard it from that. <laughs> yes, I heard it from my ear. I knew your. I pointed at your ear. I meant that one, not. I'm, God, whatever. I is, meant the left one, not the right one. Is it me? <laughs> Am, Am I ringing? <laughs> Am I ringing from within? God bless. All right, to start off here, huh? And clink. All right. Nice. All right. Do you want to start off, or do you want me? Sure, TV shows. We love them, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> TV shows, am I right, ladies? <laughs> but I mean, really, no. I feel like even though I love film, and I, to me, film is beautiful, TV, especially today anymore, has reached the level of film almost. And I remember we talked about this once in college, like a, a huge group of us, but it's just like the shows that are being put out, they're just, it's not, and I'm not saying that these are bad shows, but it's not the classic leave it to beaver oh no mom wrecked the car put it in the car how are we gonna keep dad from telling him about True. it yeah you know? it's not oh i dropped ink on my shirt oh, how no. am i gonna tell mom yeah and the whole episode's about getting the ink out of the shirt yeah yeah i don't know if i've ever seen that but i feel like it's out there somewhere i feel like i've lived that <laughs> oh yeah no i think that uh it wasn't ink don't ask me what it was um oh my god get your mind out of oh i'm sorry jesus it was ketchup madam <laughs> madam sorry might have been cocktail sauce i don't know but <laughs> jesus anyway I'm sorry. but yeah no i would agree like even the production quality obviously yeah. as the years go on we get new technology it's crazy how time and science works um, and so, like, obviously the demand for higher quality things is going to arise from uh, viewers and people of uh, the world. And we're not going to want to sit and watch some snowy, fuzzy picture on the television on our 12-inch. Even though those are still good and we still like them. No, yeah, we still like them. But even now, like, we're restoring them and putting them back out there in new quality. and Yeah, and just, I mean... <laughs> The sets are bigger now, yeah. and I mean, you know, budget's uh, bigger. Budget's bigger. No more laugh track. No more, you know, like live audience. Typically, I wouldn't you know. say that, but <laughs> well, I mean, but in the sense, like it's none of that traditional. Okay, here's the laugh track. Play right. it. That was you know? like really a lot of yeah. That was like a yeah. lot of TV shows back then. And the seventies, I feel like, changed it a lot. So I don't know if anyone who's listening, I don't know if they've ever watched the. Um, the mini series like the doc series that they come out with but um it's cnn produced tom hanks is in on it he produces a lot of them but it's the decades and so it's the 60s oh, 70s 80s yeah, 90s yeah. those are on netflix right? yeah in 2000s yeah. yeah and so they the first episode is always about television of that decade mm-hmm. and in the 60s they talked a lot about how it was 
twins. Uh, so you had Night Gallery, you had The Twilight Zone, you had I Dream of Genie, you had Bewitched. Uh, you had, had a lot of things like that that were back and forth. And then in the 70s, it came out with this huge, very non-PC crossover television shows. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you had uh, Good Times, and then for history, you know, for historical reference, uh, the Black Panthers, members of the Black Panthers watched it, prominent members, and they went to Norman Lear and they said, why does a black family, why do they always have to be low class? You know, we want a black family that is higher up, that's well-educated, and then came the Jeffersons. And so there were crossovers there, and then, you know, and then you had like all in the family where Archie Bunker was not PC whatsoever and mm -hmm. did not care what he said and who he said it to. But in that way, they introduced gay characters. They introduced interracial relationships. And it, it was all through kind of like an in a rude in your face. But then here's the message underlining it. Sure. You know, here's the lesson that we're giving you. And it, it was so unheard of especially for its time. And then with the Mary Tyler Moore show, you had the character Rhoda. And she even talks about how her, the producers came to her and they said, we're going to give you a spinoff. And she thought that she was fired because there was never, until the 70s, there was never a word for spinoff. You just thought that okay, like so. What I'm fired? And it's like, oh no, you're giving your, you're getting your own show. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So that's cool. Huge to me. That's when television peaked. Yeah. I mean, that's when it became what is known as television today. Yeah. Shocking I mean, and a lot just of like things, wow. A lot of things were happening in the seventies. Oh so yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um. So, uh, to start us off, after all that, what would you say would be one of your top three? TV shows. Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to say my favorite for last. Good. Naturally. Good. Um, I think I'm going to start with a classic from my childhood. That's so Raven. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people just went. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you oh, bitch. God. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, Raven? <laughs> All of our three listeners actually really only none of them because they don't remember that so Raven. Hey, shout out to Nick Lewandowski because he reached out to me today and he was like, <gasps> "Box wine." I'm listening to it right now. Great so far, and I was like. Oh, yeah. Nice. Thank you. Oh, my God. Hey, Nick. <laughs> hey. What's up, bud? Oh, so, God. Yeah. Well, thank you. Some, someone. Yeah, awesome. One person to listen. Well, awesome. <laughs> uh, Nick, give us money. Anyways. <laughs> no, I would have to say a classic for me of my childhood would be Little House on the Prairie. You want to fight? I'll fight. You want to play? We're playing Uncle John. Yeah, I know that's probably going to generate a lot. See, it's already happening. A lot of laughs. I was choked. <laughs> I didn't. So to. <laughs> so to. I, we didn't, like, run each other. No. What we were, like, our shows that we were going to talk about. Like, we knew the basic setup, but we didn't really tell each other. She sort of saw mine, but I haven't really heard hers except for one. That's hilarious. Please keep talking. Okay. About it. Briefly. Um, keep talking about it briefly. Okay. Highlights. Got it. No, so just picture it. Okay. It's. <laughs> Maybe it should be Golden Girls. Picture it. Grass. <laughs> Weeds. 
2004. <laughs> Little House on the Prairie? 2004. It's me. I'm talking about me oh, right okay. now. I wasn't born in the 70s. I thought, you were, I thought you were like setting up the show. Got it. No. Anyway. 2004. Picture it. It's a little girl who's out in like on her family farm dressed in, I'm not kidding, a little 1800s schoolgirl outfit, bonnet and all. I had a bucket and I had like my little school books and my slate. Yeah. And I've been to Laura Inglewater's house, like definitely. Honestly, I actually don't know if there are any photos of it. I still have the costume. I still have the books. I don't think I have the slate anymore or the bucket. Um, but sadly had to retire the bucket. I, I threw up in the bucket. I threw up in the bucket, we had to throw it away. But no, um I, I do know that there was um so my parents, I dressed like this. I, okay, guys, I was a very naive child. I still played with Barbies until I was in the ninth grade. I have no shame of it. Yeah, you did. Anyways, so when I was in seventh grade, we moved into our new house, but it was still on our farm. And I was walking through the farm one day, and the guy saw me in his truck. And I just like looked down because I'm a little kid, and I didn't know what to do. And he, like, the word gets back to my dad, and he's like, I think I saw a ghost on your farm. Was legit thinking he saw a ghost because I was in my getup. Oh. Yeah, and he was like, oh, my God. <laughs> was he goofy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, Sorry. That's... Yeah, no, I would have thought the same thing. Sure, yeah. Sorry, but this what is are, not about your, the show. What's your family... Yeah, anyway. Sorry. We'll know what were you going to say. I was just going to say, was your family doing dressing you in an 1800s outfit? And- they knew my chart char- Like, they knew what I loved. They were good parents. I, I had a happy childhood for the most part. <laughs> I promise. I had a happy childhood. For those listening, I swear to God. I swear to God. Mom, I promise. Tyler, don't was- cry. I had a happy family. Um, but no. Okay, so for the show, I don't know. Honestly, it's not like the cinematography is like, wow. <laughs> for, the sh- for the show, why do you love it? I don't know. But I mean, really, Great I conversation. <laughs> I feel like it's just kind of like the storylines and the historical, uh, honestly, not accuracy to it. It's not really that accurate because um, I'm a Wilder fan, so I've researched and I know. Uh, it's just so heartfelt. It brings me back to my childhood a lot. I don't know a lot of the stories and how they tie in with each other and. And for me, another thing is how long it went on. It went on for 10 seasons. That's a hell of a feat, really, for TV. Yeah, TV back then, especially. Especially, yeah. Jeez. Because we were always like, well, this isn't working anymore. Cut it. Pump it out. You know, yeah. like, put out the new one. Uh, and and really, fans weren't so huge as they are today. And they didn't necessarily have a way of being connected um, much more, I feel like, until MASH, a, a show like MASH came on. But <laughs> but I just, it spawned, you know, like, three movies after the ten seasons. And, like, like people oh, did yeah. love it, yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's just so heartfelt. And it's just one that will always be near and dear to me. It was definitely, like, a name I knew around the house, yeah. but I, just, I never got into it. Fun fact, anytime I was a good girl... He's been a good Stop. <laughs> Anytime I was a good girl, though, you know, it was, you know, obviously things in the house were great. But anytime I acted up, 
they were like, you're not acting like Laura right now. You're acting like Nellie. And for those who don't know the show, you don't want to be Nellie. She was the bully. That's what I'm gathering. Yeah. And it crushed me. I'm like, God. Not Nellie. Ugh. Uh, I could be a little Nelly. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> we all can be a little. We all, on our bad days, can be a little Nelly. Aaron, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I was just gonna say, uh, I definitely watched Mash. My dad got me to watch Mash a lot when I was younger. Woo! Uh, so I do. Uh, I like that one, but um, hot yeah. lips. Hot lips. Um, so misogynistic. Anyway, <laughs> Sorry. Jesus, we've grown. Um. Uh, one that I've recently been getting into the past couple years uh, is a YouTube Red original called Cobra Kai. Hey, shirt. Thanks. I'm joking. It sucks. Word of advice, if you got shit for teeth, don't smile. Now, anyone who recognizes that name will probably recognize it from the original 80s film series of The Karate Kid. No. Well, some people do. Anyway, <laughs> uncultured. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is that the movie that stars Will Smith? Or not his son? That, the remake. I'm yeah. kidding. I'm so, kidding. I know that. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> I like, swear. It was a joke. Um, yes, that was the remake. Uh, but the original film, uh, The Karate Kid, it's about Daniel LaRusso. He moves from... New Jersey to Los Angeles and basically he starts getting picked on by these kids that go to a karate school called Cobra Kai which is taught by uh, I think he's a Vietnam veteran and he basically teaches no mercy uh, when at all costs and <clears throat> when at all costs and I'm just cracking anyway <laughs> no laughing when it- absolutely not <laughs> Uh, win at all costs and uh, do what you gotta do so he starts getting picked on by them uh, older uh, Asian man named Mr. Miyagi uh, finds him and is like uh, he saves his life at some point and Danny's like I want to learn how to fight but Mr. Miyagi's like no you gotta learn to prepare your like mind and body and to be better than them and blah 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 and you you probably know the movie and if not go watch it it's great anyway so YouTube Red came out with this uh, original TV show called Cobra Kai which is set in modern day and it's actually centered on Johnny who was the head kid at Cobra Kai and who faced Danny LaRusso in the final fight of the film and basically he's like washed up and he's just drunk all the time he has a dysfunctional family he doesn't have a good relationship with his kid and one day he just has a horrible day and keeps running into Danny LaRusso who uh, now has an auto dealership and He's, like, very successful, has a great family, a great life, and Johnny just gets so pissed off about it, uh, and he himself discovers this young teen who's having trouble and getting bullied, and it's basically the same premise that the kid's like, I want to learn how to fight, and but this time Johnny's like, yeah, I'll teach you how to kick ass, and he starts Cobra Kai back up. Oh. It's shut down because of, like, so many reasons, and then... He starts it back up and starts his own class of Cobra Kai. And I just think it's so smart because, one, it has the nostalgia factor of the original film series. Right, the, like, the every, 80s. Yeah, and... that everyone will know. 
but now it's introducing new kids, and this time it's centered on the quote-unquote bad side of karate, and really the whole series the makes you... The dark side of karate. Dark side of karate. <laughs> um, basically, the whole series makes you uh, look at the perspective of the, the uh, Cobra Kai team and makes you go, oh, maybe they're not as bad as we thought they were originally because they got their own problems and they're just trying to deal with it like everybody else. And, like, specifically this second season, the ending, oh, my God, it was amazing. Just not to spoil much, but basically the last episode of season two, Daniel LaRusso started up his karate school uh, called Miyagi-Do, I think. Um, And because he saw that Cobra Kai was uh, rising up and he was like, no, I need to teach kids how to do karate. Kiyadi. Do karate, the right, do karate the right way. And so karate. he starts that up. Karate. <laughs> um, so the two, the kids in both schools start like fighting in real life. And then the last episode of season two, basically all the kids have a full out brawl in school. Okay. Like it's the first day of school. This one girl gets pissed off and calls out another girl. Uh, for like kissing her guy, her boyfriend, and <gasps> then right, teen <laughs> drama, and then the rest of the episode is just a fight, and it's amazing. Seriously? Yes. Oh cool. god, it was so cool. It was, oh yeah. Oh god, it was just so cool. I thought it was really creative, and I think they'll keep going. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, the the actors, the original actors from the the movie are in it, and they do a fantastic job. Um, William Zabka, God, that's a name, uh, and then Ralph oh, Macchio. Uh, they've obviously gotten older. They're trying to fit in with this world and do their best. I think it was good on them to try to tap into the nostalgia because that's what a lot of TV shows have been trying to do as of late. And I think this was a really good route to choose because um, – it, it's a story that could still fit into this time. When did it come out again? 18. I mean, like, I know completely different scenarios and, and backgrounds and everything, but you have Stranger Things out right now. So yeah. that's like, yeah. Like what you the said. The 80s. Yeah. People know it. Even though that one's set in the 80s. But, yeah, it's like a lot of... But still, like, ties and connections with that decade and... Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a show out... Uh, called the Goldbergs right now. Yeah, that's yeah. That deals with is it the eighties? Mm-hmm. Deals in the eighties. Have you looked um, at that hair? Yeah, <laughs> deals in the eighties. <laughs> that's doing well. It's really good. I uh, I really enjoy it. I keep, I hope they keep making more. And then if you feel inspired to go watch it, I would highly suggest it. I um to wrap myself out. Watch it illegally. I don't pay for YouTube Red. <laughs> Why would you pay for YouTube Red anyway? Um, so yeah, so find a way of watching it. I think it's good. Not going to be broadcast on YouTube. Honestly, <laughs> now. We can't be produced on YouTube. <laughs> All right. Spotify, we love you, by Spotify. the way. <laughs> All right. Um, so for me, my next choice would probably... I've honestly... I'm going to admit, I've had a really hard time trying to figure out what TV shows I want on my top three. And... This was actually, for me, much harder than the films. Sure. And I mean, there's 
plus. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's because there's naturally more TV shows than there are films, or you think so? Yeah, true. Yeah, I yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I honestly, I could be wrong, but I had to go with. Um, I, I kind of broke it down to like this: um, a TV show that I've always loved, mm-hmm. uh, a TV show that I'm currently watching now that I can't get enough of, and a TV show that I could always watch. Sure. Um, for me, and that was just an easier way to do it. Um, so right now, I'm currently not able to get enough of The Handmaid's Tale. Oof. How long did you think it would be before it came for you? Every government makes room for exceptions. This one ends with both of you on the wall. Yeah, I've heard a lot about it as of late. I've yet to start it. It's on my list, but... Uh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. I know. A.A. Ron. Listen, this is how I am. I can't, like, if every, I'm, I hate to say it, but if everyone's like, you should watch this, it's amazing, it's the best show, it's the best movie, I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I wait, like, a year and a half. Okay. How about this? Because you have definitely seen at least one episode of Little House. Yes. And my other one you have been watching with me. Okay. And I've seen... The two shows that you're going to be talking about. How about I watch an episode of The Cobra Kai? Okay. And you watch an episode of Handmaid's Tale. Sure. Like we did for the last one. Yeah. Sure. We got it, people. Okay, so The Handmaid's Tale, um, it's based off of the book of, um, I think it's it's not Margaret, it's Margaret Atwood. Um, and the book came out, and I was honestly really surprised about this. I had no idea. Um, the book came out in the 80s. Um and even at that rate, the author, Outwood, you know, she said that everything that happens in the book has happened to women at some point throughout history. Hmm. In a sense, that didn't surprise me. What surprised me was the fact that the book was written in the 80s. I'm like, well, wow. Okay, so that, you know, that's really big for that time. Um, but also you had shows like The Golden Girls and Designing Women coming out and mm-hmm. very powerful female-centered driven shows. Um, so The Handmaid's Tale, I'm sure you all know, it's about this utopian society almost, but it's named Gilead, and it's where America once stood. Um, and it's completely like over-religious, zealot kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, just awful to the point where it's like they don't consider what if you do believe in God and you know what God would actually want and he wouldn't want anything like this and all it is is a structure for men to control women at the end of the day because even the women who are in the good households they're not allowed to read they're not allowed to write they're not allowed to do anything like that so most religions got it <laughs> no not most religions <laughs> that was a joke that was a joke it's a joke people it's a joke Jesus God Another um, debate. When is when is this show set? In present day, in whatever really? you feel like that time is, and so that's why you see a lot of protesters dressing up as the Handmaid's Tale. You know, of characters from that, the red robes and the white, um, uh, not necessarily hats, but kind of, I, I feel like hats. blinders yeah, almost, sure. because you can't look from side to side, but. I mean, we can get into the facts of, like, or not facts, but the, um, I guess, opinion based of, you know, TV shows of the cinematography, the shots that are used, the character driven stories, and 
and the storyline in general of it. But I mean, honestly, I feel like what makes the show extremely and obviously relevant is the political climate that today America is in, where so many women feel like easily there are steps being taken back. You know, whatever your political party is, there have to be times where as a woman, you see one thing, like one story pop out on Twitter or Facebook or CNN, wherever you get your news from. And you think, oh my gosh, what, you know, what are they doing? And, you know, even going down to a case of like, um, uh, the, the murdered girls from like old Miss that, you know, came up like mm-hmm. the one girl that, you know, came up shot and everything yeah. that was a man attacking a woman. And that's something that we as women have always had to be aware of and making sure no one's following his home and doing this and everything. Yeah. And again, like regardless of your party in politics, the fact is that women have always had to have, you know, like no blinders on, so to speak. And just, you always have to be aware of your surroundings. And then you have a show like this where it's like, oh, but you know, crime is better now and women are treated better. And no, no, that's exactly the opposite of it. Right. I don't know. I probably just went on a tangent about it. You <laughs> no, may not have been able to understand. No, no, no. You're giving your opinion on it. No, I I get what you're saying. Of yeah, it's it it's always been hard for women out there. Yeah. And so you would say that this show like highlights that. Definitely. Okay. Um, and it's just <sighs> I know nothing about it. So oh I'm my gosh, the actors in it. So Elizabeth. Um, Moss. <laughs> the other day I called her Elizabeth Olsen. I'm like, oh, wrong. I'm different, so sorry. Different Elizabeth. Very different. No, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth the third. She's very wonderful. Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor. She was, Elizabeth Taylor. She's wonderful. She's phenomenal in The Handmaid's Tale. Oh my God. I didn't know that at that age she could do that. And from the grave, honestly. God. But anyway. You can make bones dance like that. <laughs> yeah. In a movie, in a, in a it's crazy. I can't wait for that. Like she's alive, but she's bones. I'm like, I, I know she's not, but like, is she? <laughs> is she? <laughs> it's uncanny. Someone out there is like, wait a second. <laughs> wait a minute. There's no bones. But yeah, no, she does a really great job of her role. And the roller coaster ride that her character goes on of one moment feeling content and the other moment feeling, you know, frustrated and angry and happy and sexual and just all of this nature in this very suppressed world that she's living in. And she's experiencing it daily and she's either living it in the moment or she's receiving it in flashbacks of what used to be. Mm-hmm. And they and they always talk about in the show before, 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 you know. So they're talking about America, and then after is Gilead. I missed the name of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said that before. I probably did. But, yeah, uh, Joseph Fiennes is in it. Oh, my Joseph, God. Joseph Fiennes? Yeah, so it's Shakespeare in Love. Ooh. Yes. Uh, he's in it. Is that Ralph Fiennes' brother? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Learning you didn't see the things. similarities? I do now. <laughs> I, I He obviously spotted. was the prettier one. He Ralph Fiennes, if you're watching. I'm Ralph Fiennes. to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, he was in American Horror Story. The second season, right? As the priest. Yes, he wow. was. Yeah. Oh, my mind's blown. Another good, good show. Yeah, he's great. There are a couple of seasons they are like, Listen. but everyone has that moment, you know? <laughs> everyone, everyone makes mistakes. It's okay. It's called a glow up. Everybody when has you get through. 
<laughs> Another right. great show. Nobody knows what. That was my second one. So Hannah Montana. <laughs> God bless. But no, um, and the character of Serena is another very, almost at times, anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember sure. her name right now. I'm not sure if she, I think she's European. Because I remember her last name is very kind of just almost kind of like sounding from like Finland or Norway, like a, a very you know kind of much area like that. Sure, I can't help you. Um, <laughs> Americans <laughs> over here. America, am I right? <laughs> um, but yeah, all of the characters do such a great job, and definitely show that everyone should at least watch. Yeah, sure. I mean, I I will watch it eventually. I've heard great things about it. It's like that. Um, Russian Doll. I've, been I've heard a lot, a lot of things, things about, about Russian that. Doll. Uh, the Busker Scruggs show that's on Netflix. I think that's the name. <gasps> that's a movie. Oh, it's a movie? I've yeah, been told the ballad. About that. Yeah, the ballad of Busker It's Scruggs. a Coen Brother film, yeah. But it's yeah. broken down into, like, I think... Episodic yeah. elements. Yeah. yeah. For a lot of that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of them. But, yeah, that's on my list. I'll watch it eventually. Nice. Sounds good. What about you, Aaron? What's your second tier? My second tier, in no particular order. Um, This is a show, I picked it because it's something I always go to if I want to put something on. And I've had several rewatches of this show. Like, I've not even watched this as much as The Office. Or I've watched this more than The Office. I've watched this more than... Like, I haven't even finished Breaking Bad, even though I think it's amazing. Can I, give um, a, can I give them a hint? Sure. Hanging out down the street. <laughs> Spoken word. <laughs> the same old thing we did last week. Snap, snap. Not a thing to Tambourine do. playing in the background. Nice. We're all right. We're all all right. Yeah. Hello, Wisconsin. Donna! Those pansies are mine. Eric! That's so many shows. What I'm saying. <laughs> Sad and all that. Uh, that's so many show. It's fantastic. Um, I actually recently. I won't get into it much, but I had a talk with one of my friends, and Rich they brought friend. up. Uh, <laughs> I would say what? Um, okay. I, I, brought, I had a discussion with one of my friends, and they brought up. Uh, they were like, we were talking about movies and TV shows we've watched recently, and. I was telling them how I was rewatch or I was rewatching some shows. I don't know how it got brought up, but basically they were like, "You know what didn't age well?" Oh yeah, that okay. show. And I was like, "Well, <laughs> now I know why you won't mention them." Well, I was yeah, but I was like, "Well, I mean, it's that '70s show. Yeah, like they can't be too." progressive about it because it's about the 70s. Exactly. But, I mean, they still were progressive in some ways. Yes. I mean... They... The women... It's not like the... It's not like the two main, like, female characters like Jackie and Donna sat back and they were like, what are we going to do today, boys? No. Like, how did that... I'm just curious as to why they thought that didn't age well. Uh, Maybe because of, like certain things they talk about like there's moments of uh Kelso like they make fun of him shaving his legs and there's an episode where Jackie tries to put 
makeup on him and he's like I'm not a girl and she tries to get him in a dress and he's like that's ridiculous I'm a guy I wouldn't wear a dress so like maybe stuff like that I would definitely I could definitely see but yeah. again it's like it's about the 70s that was the mentality there's a mentality back and then I, and also that's with the character true. I mean the character Kelso um, I'm it, sorry well, it's fine no, yeah it's fine okay anyway <laughs> so there it is dated but it's dated for a reason I don't look at those moments I look at like overall and it's just entertaining it's just entertaining yeah. to me it's about a bunch of teenagers getting into some shit and living in the 70s it's a different time it's so it makes me laugh every time. Like my two favorite characters would be Kelso and uh, the mom. Oh my kitty, Jesus! Kitty, oh, how dare you! I know, you. I felt so bad. Kitty, uh, they're my two favorite characters, and they always. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it, but that sounded like the younger actress that plays younger <laughs> Kitty, where she's like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not it. You God, can't do the laugh. You can't do the laugh. Anyway, how dare you? Um. But yeah, it's a great. Topher Grace always has that like great dry comedic timing. Oh yeah. Uh, the the like connection between all the characters that have relationships are always like I always believe them, and especially like Ashton Kutcher and uh, Mila Kunis because you know they right. fell in love and now they're married and it okay. was a match made in heaven. Anyway, what about the uh, Jackie and Fez relationship? Did you believe that? Okay, there we go. Uh, I'll get into that in a little bit. But, Got it. Uh, it's a great show. Uh, the first seven seasons were amazing. The eighth was disappointing. I'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but it was just it. It was kind of edgy when it first came out. Because oh yeah, they were smoking pot. Was, they were smoking pot. They were talking about drinking underage. It was. It came out in ninety. It came like- in ninety eight. It came out in ninety eight. It was on Fox. Like that's not like yeah an explicit it's not an explicit network like AMC or like right. Spike or something like that you know uh, so it was like pushing the envelope and then it kept going and it got eight seasons it should yeah. have gotten eight seasons but it got eight seasons <laughs> and it was not a dull season like it kept building they were like yeah. how do we make this better so I mean it can get old but I feel like that's when the creators and everyone involved, they have to make the decision to, okay, let's go out on a high note. Seinfeld did that. Yeah, but I've also heard very controversial things about, like, the ending of that show. I've still yeah. not seen the ending, but I've heard a lot really? of controversial things about the ending. I know what happens, basically, but... Yeah. Anyway. A lot of people wanted more. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's just... It's, it's always great. I try to put it on, like, in the background because I've seen it so many times, and yet I can do other things and still get to laugh at the jokes... Yeah. And enjoy what goes on. Um, the eighth season, unfortunately, that's when it fell apart. Uh, Topher Grace left the show for Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> it's a whole other discussion. Wow. He left, he left the show for Spider-Man 3. Um, they introduced a new character, which I don't think they should have done at all, just to give Donna a love interest for one season, even though they brought Topher Grace back for the finale. Um, to me, that is what can be viewed as dated because why can't Donna be on her own? But that, yeah, that's the thing. Her whole character, the whole series, is that she's a strong, independent, progressive, modern thinking woman. Yep. And like, yeah, she has a love for Eric, and they're very dependent on each other. However, and that's okay. That's but not who she is. Like, yeah, she's Donna. 
and he's Eric, even though I think of Eric as Eric and Donna. But like, yeah, Donna alone is Donna. Yeah, and so um, just to so introduce some like blonde haired guy, I don't even yeah. remember who it was. It was uh, the brother of Seth Myers. I think his name oh was. God. I want to say it's, it's not right, but I want to say it was Stephen Myers. That's probably not right at all. Um, Josh. There we go. <laughs> I knew it was another wow. right name. Josh Myers. Um, and he was, like, fine. I liked the character, but I, I, I wish he would have been just more of a side character that they started yeah. hanging out with more. Anyway. Um, but that's, and not, then, that's not the actor's fault. No. That's the writer's Because I like the, the character's fault. fine. Yeah. He was sort of like a mix between... Uh, he was so actually he was more like a copycat of Hyde like he didn't have the same like drive and goal as Hyde but he had the same energy yeah to me anyway um, and then they tried to do the Fez and Jackie scenario that like it was the one thing where they were probably like they'll never expect it and it's like no because like Jackie always goes for the 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 Hyde or the Kelso, those types of characters, and then she ends up falling for Fez. And, and Fez I guess they were trying to a good girl. Yeah, and they were trying to make it seem like, oh, Fez is cool now. And yeah, what, like he's he's, finally got the girl. And yeah, and to me, that doesn't even do a service to the yeah. character. No, yeah, I it fell apart. Honestly, I wanted Fez to be gay. I wish Fez really ended up being gay. I think that would have been so funny. I kind of think that too. Yeah, I, or. Something like maybe or buy or, or buy yeah. something or just like. But honestly, this was like the early two thousand. Or not so needing no a woman. Way. Or not needing a woman at all. Asexual. Go all the way, man. Moves back to whatever the hell country he's from. <laughs> and uh, they never direct say quote. It. Also, it, it pissed me off that the day I found out that Fez stood for foreign exchange student, the day I found that out pissed me off so bad. Really? Because I just, it's such a cop out and yet it's so funny oh, that I that's his it. name. Because we, um, I mean, they have the episode where it shows the flashback of them first meeting Fez and he says his name. Yeah. I think it's his name and origin, but maybe just his name. Oh, but the like school bells ringing, and yeah. it's some long ass like foreign that they can't pronounce name. And then they were just like, "Yeah, we're just gonna call you Fizz," <laughs> and I and it didn't click for the yeah. last time. That pissed me off. Anyway, so those two factors were kind of disappointing, but I love even though it was very late in the show for them to try and do this. I love that they uh, introduced uh, Hyde's real father, and he was black. I just think it's hilarious. Oh, that's for so, the time yeah. because he was like, he was like, it all makes sense now. My defiance of the man, <laughs> my sweet fro. It was so, and I was like, that's the stupidest, but that's it's so, so funny. Dumb, um, and then he like finds out he has a sister, and that introduces another uh, African American actor. Yeah, and I think that was like sort of smart. It was a little late in the game, but like they yeah. tried. I mean, I can see where people today will look on their like the lack of people of color and the lack of um, sexuality throughout the show. Yeah. But again, at the same time, this was a show that was based in the 70s. And could could they have, like, introduced uh, minor, you know, side characters through that way? Yeah, definitely. I will say that this show, I feel like, did... It did focus more on, like, the women's movement of the era. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the the seventh season, I think, is when, like, there's an episode where Donna takes Eric to a rally. 
a women's rally. Yeah. About like a burning bra rally. <laughs> they are, and Eric and Donna have an urge to do it in the bushes, but but Donna's hair gets caught in bushes and she's like, ow, you're hurting me. Get off, get off. And the women are like, come on, girls, let's save our family. <laughs> and they like chase off Eric. And so it's, they were definitely leaning towards that a lot of the time. Um, but, and then like Kitty and Red are like, Hilarious! Oh, they're perfect. They're the best parents, but they're also horrible parents. Like, but that's the best kind that you right. can be. Because, like, when I <laughs> when I was thinking about this the other day, when I think of like who's the best TV dad, I would say Red, but not like as a fatherly figure. Like, yes, he has <laughs> great moments of wisdom. He loves his family. He's a great dad who does take care of his family. He does take care of his family, but, like, I wouldn't want to have a dad like that. Like, Jesus Christ, he was so mean at times. But that's just me. Like, other people had that dad, and they're great people today for it. But, like, he, but I will say he's just he's a great dad in this show and a, and better than a lot of dads in a lot of TV I don't know if my father would agree with this but I always kind of pictured my grandfather and my dad as the you know as the Red and Eric relationship oh a, your dad's Eric and your grandpa yeah there, <laughs> I could see that meeting your family yeah there was a time where my dad did tell me he's like for the longest time I thought my name was dumbass for the way my that's father talked amazing. to me like that's amazing and it's just I mean it's kind of like yeah I, I can kind of see that with how my grandfather was <laughs> yeah that's um so yeah they always are great I mean the amount of dumbasses that come out of Red's mouth but like he's hardworking. he's yeah. smart he cares he, about his family. He keeps it real. He yeah. keeps it 100. <laughs> he keeps it 100, he on, keeps 100 it 100 on the time. Um, and like, if you're not keeping it 100, he will yeet you. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Woo, we got the Gen Zers now. I'm not, I'm not woke enough for that. I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, and then Kitty, like, her whole arc of, like, she's. Like, I will say to me, I always saw it as she's an older mom and she was trying to stay in the times. Yeah. But then they introduced the season where she got menopause and that's when she realized she couldn't be the in, in the, time. the times mom that she wanted to be. Yeah. And then she became her own person. Yeah. And I think that's really smart. But, uh, like, it's her whole arc. I've always loved her. Like, in the beginning... Uh, seasons she was always trying to like make happy but then she would lose it at times because yeah. you're a woman and you're a mother and you ha- have hard work and she works at a hospital she has a hard life sometimes so she needs to let, let off steam but then it just added when she got the menopause that it was a whole other thing to tackle and it oh, gave her menopause was the greatest gift to Kitty as a character like, <laughs> I mean honestly in a way episode like one of the best episodes for her Definitely. Is, it was more um, centered around her. And, yeah. And the parents, a lot of times, were put in the background. or They had the side stories of Red may be laid off. How are we going to pay the bills? You know, kind of thing like that. But that was always pushed to the background. And finally, in that moment, they came to light. Like, the... I was going to say, for her, that one of the best episodes is uh, later on. It's the sea. I'm, I can't think specifically. But the season where she gets menopause. I think it's like season five or six. Uh, and it's, uh, I think it's 
five, the episode where they go to look at colleges yes. and they're in the hotel room, and the whole episode she's like dealing with her like flashes of anger and all that stuff, and <laughs> she's trying to give a good speech about her menopause, and Kelso's playing the video game. God. And finally she's like, okay, that does, and grabs it and chucks it out the window and just yells at him. And is like, she's like, what's wrong? Were you dropped on your head? And he's like, yes. yes. <laughs> and up until now, everyone's had the good grace not to mention it. And he, the actor choice. Smack, Ashton Kutcher's smack face into pillow. God, he's like so overly dramatic. Yes. Like, oh, how <sighs> dare you? Oh, God. It was, God so it was incredible. Yes, it was great. And that was great for her. And then, like, to me, I, like... Yes, they also tried to do the thing with Red later on where I think it was at the end of season six, he had a heart attack yeah. because of Fez and Jackie. Yeah, it was the end of season six. Yeah. Uh, Fez and Jackie. And then the whole like beginning of season seven is him trying to like get healthier and like realizing he's older and he needs to take care of himself. But to me, the part that hit the most was when he did lose his job. And it was kind of earlier on when that happened, but... Yeah, like, that was definitely earlier on. For Red's character, to him, I think it hurt more. He For him, his pride is better, is more his, important to him than his health. Yeah. And so, like... Well, that's how every man was back then. I'm yeah, really. I mean, they didn't try to think about health and all that stuff. No, they were thinking, okay, so this is my role. I provide and, for Yeah, and even a lot, even still today, because, you know... I hope I'm not putting my foot in my mouth, God. But my father is a very health-conscious man, you know, always has been. Um, he takes a lot of pride in that. But I will say my father is a man who takes incredible pride in his work. And it's not that I necessarily view that as a bad thing, though, because I look at my father with so much like, oh, my God, look at him. Isn't he incredible mm. kind of thing? And. That I just feel like that's a very manly thing to do. And I know a lot of people want to break down barriers and, and break down like you know gender roles and everything and, and I'm all for that, but at the same time there are I feel like there are some things that are just very kind of like a man trait of like this is you know this is who defines me and women women can be like that too I was literally about to say I think also that could also apply to women like yeah. in a mother position like they're always like especially Kitty like the season where she had to work double like that season where she had to work doubles at the hospital to yeah. pay and uh, provide for the family and she felt a sense of pride doing that yeah. and I mean that's just like a natural human thing work gives us joy in a sense speaking of which that was a great moment for Eric is the episode I think it's in season I want to say it's season 6 it might be season 5 but uh, him and Donna are planning on like moving out and yeah. going places but he is constantly like struggling with having to help out with the family and his mom right. making doubles and it's at the end of the episode oh it kills me every time it's so good uh, especially like Topher Grace's performance in that scene where the mom uh, Kitty comes down and she's doing laundry mm -hmm. but she's running late for work and so she's like there's dinner in the fridge I can't do it right now if you can help me out with the laundry I need to go and Eric's like no you can take time off it's okay but she's like no I have to help provide and Eric gets so upset because he's like, they're doing this on purpose because they don't want me to leave. And it's all about, it's all a ploy to 
yeah. make him feel bad about wanting to get out of the house. And he, like, blows up. He explodes and he's like, I got to get, I got to get the hell out of here. I've got to go. Yeah. And Donna's like, holy shit. And then finally he's like, no, I have to stay because he like needs to help out with his family. And so it's like moments like that throughout the show that are so genuine. I think it's just a great show. And that's just such a very, like you say, a genuine reaction from a, from a person of his age during that time thinking oh my god this is such a ploy I mean I know I've been there before where I'm like they're only doing this to like upset me it's like no they're it's not a they're not even thinking about you right now honestly like yeah so yeah I mean just very honest for a long time in the show and I feel like the eighth season wasn't so much Mm -hmm. but yeah sorry we kind of went on a tangent with that but it's just such a good show it is all right, so your final. Oh, yeah, you? my final oh, one. Oh, God, this is going to be longer. It's <laughs> probably going to be a longer episode than the first one. Sorry. <laughs> the rate we're going, Jesus. Um, okay, Aaron, drum roll. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but um, it's called Mad Men. You figured the place out yet? What do you mean? How it runs. I know the copywriters tell the art department what to do, and I know the account executives tell the copywriters what to do. What? And no one tells the writers what to do except for the head of creative, your boss, Donald Draper. Don't think that just because he's good looking, he's not a writer. Oh, Mad Men. What did you think? I thought you were going to say Care Bears. Fuck. Not that, Mom. I'm sorry. Hey. Screw you. Hey. Some people might enjoy watching Care Bears. Hey, if there are bronies Whatever. and there are My Little Pony fans out there, then there can be... I highly doubt they're listening to us. And if they're still watching um, that... You don't know. I bet Nick Lewandowski is secretly a brony. Nick. Are you? Hear me out. <laughs> I'm, sorry. Um, I'm sorry, Nick, if you're not. I didn't mean to throw you the bus. Don't leave us. Don't leave us. If you are, I didn't mean to out you. Listen. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I love this show. Okay, so this is the show that I can, I will put it on all the time. Typically, I'll put it on when I've had a few drinks because I'm like, yes. Yeah, Joan. All right, go. <laughs> um, swirling my love wine Joan. in. I love Joan Holloway. All right. So I don't know even where to begin because this show is that great. Um. I could get into all the very, like I said earlier, editing, cinematography, shots, you know, blah, 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 you know, everything like that. And yeah, that all of that's great too. But this isn't that kind of podcast. <laughs> no, you know, we're going to be talking about our feelings, okay? Oh. <laughs> um, Welcome to the feelings hour. Uh, the show and it's uh, the characters the research that went into the show to make sure that it stayed on the timeline that it was staying on um the set design costuming makeup hairstyle i mean just you think of it i mean they've already thought about years ago like with the show <laughs> clearly honestly yeah. it came from 2007 yeah um so i couldn't believe it was that old when we started it yeah but like I couldn't believe that either. Okay, so I only started watching this when I was a freshman in college. So it's, you know, 2013 going into 2014, and um, I started watching it. 
And I didn't really think of it like, oh, this is a very early 2000s show. I knew my parents watched it, but I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, obviously they started watching it probably when it came out. But yeah. when we started it again here, I was... I couldn't have told you that it started yeah. way back then. Not really. There are some times... Way, way back then. Way back in the olden days. Um, there are definitely some moments where, like any new show, when they come on for the first season, their budget's definitely lower. Um, so the makeup and the you know the costuming of it is just a little bit different and you can tell in the first season versus the rest of them and also in that sense characters do grow in that time that's interesting you say that i i as of right now i can't tell but oh, yeah. I, i'll try and go back and if like, you watch, watch it again yeah. yeah especially i'm going to reference her again but especially joan, joan. yeah i feel yeah. like she's definitely someone naturally characters are going to change their appearance over time um, the character Peggy, you know, starring Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> um, she definitely does. Peggy. Oh, Peggy. What was it? You said that one time. <laughs> he made me so I mad. I don't want to talk about it because it's kind no, of No, honestly, I remember it now. We're going to talk about it. So, the character Peggy in the first season puts oh, on a... Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> To preface this, <laughs> I did not mean it sincerely. I said it to try and make Ren laugh, but at the same time, when I said it, I was genuine about my feelings, but not the descriptors anyway. My cheeks are laughing. Um, so Aaron is in the kitchen. We're watching Mad Men. I'm sitting there, and then Peggy comes in. Now, during at this point in the no, season. No, no. No, no, no. We'll explain it after. Just say what happened. He said... No, no, no. Okay, she came in. She came in. She's crying. Dawn's like, I don't have time for your BS right now. Get out. And Aaron from the kitchen went, Dawn, you made chubby Peggy cry. It's so horrible when you hear it like that. But I want to say that, one, the actress is wearing prosthetics. Like, she's wearing a... It's uh, very clear. She's wearing... Uh, I don't know if we can... If it's PC to still... I wouldn't say politically correct, but I don't know if it's still okay to call it a fat suit. But she was wearing a suit to enhance her weight. She was wearing face prosthetics to yeah. get her weight neck in her neck and her cheeks. Like, it wasn't that the actress was big. It was that the character was over supposed time. to be over time getting bigger. And I knew that. And that's why I want, I made the joke. I wouldn't say it if it was about someone who is actually overweight. Because I'm overweight. And, <laughs> like, I'm very sensitive about it. So I know I understand. But who but was the, the one who responded back? <laughs> it was me. And I was like, Aaron, I paused. and went, how dare you i was like what if that was me i was like what if you know i was like i put on a few pounds i'm like would you look at me and be like you made chubby Ren cry i was very heartbroken on that completely yeah i'm so sorry it anyways yeah it was (laughs) 
Yeah, but I will say that I'm enjoying the show a lot so yeah. far, and I want to keep watching it. I and for the listeners, I can't really go into story and character line uh, development depth, whatever you want to call it. I can't really talk about that because I'm not gonna name names, but you know. Um, somebody hasn't watched all of it, so that would ruin it entirely for him. But I would like to take this moment and ask Aaron, what is a moment that you have really enjoyed in the show, and who's your favorite character? God. Oh, and who's your least favorite character, too? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> but uh, I would say a moment that stood out to me, if I had to think about it, was, well, so far, and spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen it, uh, if you want to try and skip ahead uh, so that way it's not spoiled for you, go ahead. But uh, the moment that stood out to me so far is in season two where Betsy, is that her name, or is it Betty? Because I think he sometimes calls her Betsy. No, he calls her sometimes, okay, this is Don Draper's wife, who sometimes call her Bets. Or Birdie or Betty. Okay. Betty, um, when she, like, finally looks at Don and is like, I know you've been sleeping with other women. Ooh, yeah. Because I didn't, one, I didn't think it would happen that soon, but two, like, go her for standing up for herself because as of the whole first one and a half seasons... It made it seem like women couldn't talk to men like that. So, like, it was stunning in that world and for the character to finally just be like, I know what you're doing. Someone told me about it. Right. And I agree. And I didn't think he would be caught that fast because he is. He's cheating. He's definitely cheating. Oh, he 100% he is, is. He's a hoe. Um, a hoe I would love to know. Oh, rhymes. That's what this podcast is about. God. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was like a great moment. And I don't, you said you don't like Betty as a character. No, I do not. So far, I don't, she's not my favorite, but like, I don't dislike her. And so I, that moment happened and I was like, yes, you go, Betty. Like, you need to wise up. I'll have my responses to all of these when you get done. Okay. Um, because I've watched the entire series, like I've said, multiple times. Yeah, so that was a good moment for me. Uh, a character that I like the most, I'm growing on Peggy. She has gone through a lot, but I still think she's very reserved and hasn't busted out yet. Like, yeah. she's getting higher in her job. She's doing You can more. definitely tell she is. Yeah. She's definitely going to She's trying to push it. But, like, she hasn't astounded me yet. So I yeah. wouldn't say she's my favorite. I you can say Dawn. I was about to say, I think as of right now, it's Dawn only yeah. because, well, one, I know he's not a great guy morally. Yeah. But um, we know who he is. Yeah. And, like, just the mystery of him. Yeah. Knowing the background of who he was and who he is now, that was fascinating towards the end of season one. Uh, the thing about his brother and all that was yeah. fascinating. How he reacted, yeah. How he reacted. Seeing how he deals with everyday life and the choices he makes is what keeps me drawn. And, I mean, I guess that's the point since he's the main character. So, as of right now, he's my favorite. My second favorite favorite would probably be, I, I'm helping out the guy 
with the bow tie that's just been put in charge of TV and he has the glasses. No. Uh, no, 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 not him. Please don't let it be him. <laughs> not him. He's up there, but not him. Um, to me, it's a tie for second to be um, the guy that writes the short stories. Okay. The, the blonde Ken one. Cosgrove. Ken Cosgrove. And the gay artist. I don't know. <laughs> That's the best way. I don't know. Sorry. Not gay. Okay, well... They allude to it heavily in one episode, and then they <laughs> Salvatore Ramone, I think, is Salvatore. his last name. So, Ken and Salvatore. Those would yeah. probably be tied for my second, because they're also very interesting. I just, That's Ken, really because he's, like, he's kind of innocent. He's still kind of, like, a man's man, and he's with the boys. He's definitely, then, like, in between, you can tell. Yeah. But then he, like, also has his own story. It's not, like, that interesting, but, like, of the characters they've presented, he's the one I want to know more about. Right. And then Salvatore because of that. Oh, yeah. You definitely want to know more about it. Um, Just the fact that they had an episode touching on it without ever saying it. And then they've not really picked it back up since then, except for that one moment where he invited Ken to dinner. Yeah. That was a good episode. That was a good moment. But yeah. Um, and then my least favorite character, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me is guess. that rat-faced little <laughs> weasel, small, short, mousy boy. Five, little five-eight mousy, mousy boy. Crawl on the wall looking for cheese boy. <laughs> Shout out Tiny Noel Miller game. and Cody Co. That mousy boy, even though he's a bad representation of our kind. I'm with you, short kings. Um, right. That mousy rat-faced little devil of a man. What's it? I can't even think of his name. Pete, Pete Campbell. Pete, yeah, Campbell. Jesus. If there's any man I've wanted to hit it's more Pete in Campbell. my life. First of all, he acts more like misogynistic and brute than he should. Like, he doesn't have the stature. He doesn't have the voice for it. He just yeah. has a pissy attitude all the time. Like, I'm Ivy League. You're my wife and you need to listen to me or else I'm gonna be upset. Do I need to put my foot down? God, he's just, yeah. oh, I just want to smash him into the into the ground. You're gonna change about your feelings about everything that you just said. So, I want you to know that. That's fine. I feel right like, now, yeah. As of right now, I hate him. He has um, no redeeming quality. Yeah. Okay, that's very much fair right now. Uh, that's how I definitely felt. To me, my favorite moments are the immediate moments, and this is in season one, of the relationship between Joan and Peggy, where Joan, who is this very voluptuous woman, you know, walks like she owns the place because she kind of really does, in mm. a sense. Um, and Peggy, who's more of this like kind of like mousier, you know, from a smaller town kind of character not really a small town she's from Brooklyn but from not really a high powered family kind of thing um and Joni's like oh I'll take you under your wing and it's the moment that Joan looks at Peggy and it's on her first day and she looks at her and she says put a bag over your face stand completely undressed in front of your mirror she's like really evaluate your strengths and your weakness and she's like, that's what you have to work with. And that, to me, you know, again, as a woman, but then also looking back at the time period that they're in, where they're working, the city they're living in, which is Manhattan, um, it's perfect. And it's perfect writing. And it's the, the delivery from Christina Hendricks 
to Elizabeth Moss. I mean, it's perfect. And, and Moss's reaction to it, like, uh, okay. Like, you know, do, do I take it? Do, am I going to be like, screw it? You know, I don't care who you are. You know, who are you telling me this? But in a sense, what Joan was saying was true. You know, like, what do you want to do? Do you, do you really think that you're going to rise up in this firm, you know, in, in this agency and build a career? Or are you going to make sure that you come in every day looking as incredible as you can to hopefully move out to the burbs? So my favorite characters, um, they're two characters that really coincide with uh, with each other. They go hand in hand in a lot of scenes in the later series, or not series, seasons. Um, but they're two characters that he doesn't know of yet. He hasn't watched them, but it's Stan and Gisberg. And they are like a yin and yang type of uh, friendship going on. They come in around the same time. I think Stan comes in just a little bit earlier than Ginsburg, but they really do. They're two characters that the writers have really made off to be feeding off of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't tell you what kind of like happens at the end of it. That's, you know, for yourself to figure out. I don't want to ruin it for him, Thank you. but you're welcome. But they're really, they're just an interesting pair. And honestly, I feel like they're in a way how Joan and Peggy are. They are the male version in a sense. Sure. I, I guess just in the sense of being paired up a lot and being put in storylines together. They're okay. the two. Um, and then my least favorite character, I would have to say Betty. Yeah, I gathered. Yeah. I that. Betty's my least favorite. She's just... Again, I can't say too much, but and he can't see it now, and I didn't see it when I first started watching the show. But very childlike. But there's I, can, a I mean, reason I can for start. That. I can start to see that. Yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a reason for that, and there are moments definitely where you feel for Betty. Obviously, um, she's not completely bad, but it's just it's kind of like the choices that she makes and how she decides to react to things and. It's like she's a woman who, where all of these other younger women, because she's not old, she's very young. Right. It's where all of these other younger women her age are, you know, rising up in these agencies and they're trying to better themselves. And, you know, we're coming into a women's movement era and it's a little too late for her. She's she's in between this, no, I'm old-fashioned, call me old-fashioned, but then kind of also secretly wanting more and you'll see that later on and it's she's really just a very kind of a tragic character but at the same time there have just been too many things that she has done that i've just been like i i don't like you i i mean definitely she's uh as of right now she's very much a foil to dawn yeah and i can see that causing problems and i can see why people wouldn't enjoy her character uh i think as of right now it's kind of justified at times. Yeah, but it definitely I is. I can't wait to see her character progression and see why that is and why you think she's your least favorite character. We will get there, my friend. We will get there. But yeah, I'm enjoying it so far and I can't wait to watch the rest. Fine. Nice. All right. Let's hit out the ballpark with your third. All right. Yeah, my third and final uh, top three favorite TV shows. Um,. As of right now, of the three, this is my favorite, and I would say, as of right now, it's my favorite TV show. Um, Tops. Top TV show. And it's the Amazon Prime original Fleabag. (laughs) 
gonna ask her. I'm just gonna ask her. I'm just gonna ask her. Just gonna come. Do you need to borrow money? No. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Now, I didn't. I sort of heard about this show. Really, the first time I heard about it was uh, a couple of weeks ago. I went to a movie at uh, my girlfriend's theater that she works at, and they, for some reason, were playing a trailer for season really? two about it. Yeah, they played a trailer for season two about it before a film started. Really quick, I just want to interject that I, when we watched, when Hannah and I watched, um, gosh, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, there was a trailer for a Netflix movie. Yeah. So I, that's so weird. But I remember thinking they're doing that now. Yeah. Okay. I, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I saw the trailer for it and I thought it seemed funny. And at the time I was like, oh, that seems funny. I should probably check it out. But, you know, I watched a whole movie after that. I went on doing my business. Right. I forgot about it. And then I went over to a friend's house and she was watching it with her friend. And they were watching season two, um, which is the latest season out right now. And I watched, like, the middle of it, and I was like, this is so funny and new. Like, what is this? Right. And I went home, and I immediately watched all of the first season, and then I watched the second season over, like, two days because I just needed to finish it. Gosh. It's so good. So it's about a woman. Her name is uh, – I guess she doesn't have a name. Wow. Yeah. Her name is Fleabag. She's credited as Fleabag. So she's the Fleabag. Wow. That's weird. That's crazy. I'm learning new things. So she's the... So Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she's the main character... She's the main actress and main character of the show. Uh, She's a... It's about her dealing with uh, certain traumatic life events, but also dealing with, like, every day her, like, manic sister, her disassociation with her father, her sort of hatred sort of distance sort of relationship with her stepmother or soon to be stepmother she's she's her godmother but soon to be stepmother spoilers um and then just like everyone else in her life men her best friend boo um stuff like that and it's a british dramedy uh original network is uh bbc3 BBC Two in 2016 and the BBC One in 2019. It's just so brilliant. Like I found out that she is actually uh, the creator and writer of these show of these of this show right. and these episodes, and that blows me away because it's so smart. It's so quick. Like the cuts and the editing of scene to scene is so dry and quick. That that adds comedic value, and then a main point of the show is that she talks to the camera. She breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah, the character talks to the audience and lets, and it's like we are her friend, we are her audience of her life, and she knows that. Um, and then it's also just like got a lot of great quips in it. Like there's a scene in the first episode where she's with her sister. And she's like, the only the only thing worse than being broke and having no money is trying to ask your sister to bail you out. Yeah. And she's like sitting there staring at her sister, and she keeps looking back to the camera saying things. So she's like, I'm going to ask her. I'm just going to ask her right back. <laughs> I'm just going to ask her. I'm just going to do it really quick. I just need to talk to her. And her sister's like, 
uh, everything fine? She's yeah. Like, yeah, no, everything's great. Everything's and she great. looks back to the camera. And she's like, can't do it. Can't do it. No. <laughs> no. And it's just, it's things like that throughout each episode that kills me. And then also, like, it's comedic, but then when it gets dramatic, it's dramatic. Like, holy shit. Season two, damn. And the end of season one, damn. Really? Yeah. Like, you find out... Uh, I don't know if you want me to spoil it or not. Yeah, I've watched one episode. I'm gonna be honest. I I do like it um, f- for what it is, um, and from a uh, from kind of I don't know, like a film television you know, perspective. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's really great. That's a great idea, and I think it could work well, and I think it, it could have many more seasons. Mm-hmm. But. I personally didn't like it because I didn't like how dysfunctional it was. And I know people will probably listen to this and think, but you like Mad Men. Mad Men is dysfunctional. But to me, there's a, it's just, there's a different kind of how you show it. And this really, you know, Mad Men tries to hide it, but this show will like put it very in your face. And I'm just not very, comfortable with that a lot of times no i totally get that i mean it's very strong in that aspect and then it's very strong in one of the points i'm about to bring up so i understand that it's not everyone's cup of tea yeah i just think it's brilliant and it's one of the most brilliant tv shows oh i think it's very creative come out in the past couple years so uh that's why i love it and so like the end of season one spoiler for everyone who wants to see it or is has started it but hasn't gotten to the end of season one. Try and skip ahead a couple of <laughs> minutes, probably. But uh, 15 seconds, 15 seconds, 15 seconds. <laughs> um, but you remember when she flashes, she has this flashback to her best friend Boo, the blonde. Yeah. And they're like together. And uh, <gasps> at the end of Does season. Does it show? No, no, no. Well, okay. So at the end of episode one, you you know she's like, oh my best friend died. She yeah. Tried she tried to step in front of some bikes and she got like hit and plummeted her to the ground and she got killed. Yeah. Well, um, you remember how she said that she found out that her boyfriend was cheating on her yeah. and she wanted to make him pay for it. Yeah. You find out that she's the one that she that the boyfriend was cheating on. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And way. that's why she that's why she's so fucked up is because she was like, I knew I was doing this to her and I was like gonna tell her, but I didn't, and then that happened. So she's basically like, It's my fault. Wow. Oh yeah. It was so fucked. Wow. Okay. Oh, it's so fucked. Like the way they drop it is like the sister is like uh her and her sister are having a tiff and uh, finally, the sister's like, well, I mean, you're so fucked up. I mean, how can I trust you? I mean, after what happened to Boo? And then they do, like, a whole flashback sequence. Damn. of like, And I was like, oh, shit. And it was so heart-wrenching. But it was so good. That wow. You're, like, the whole I mean, time that... the show is about her being fucked up and dealing with her issues. And then you figure out why. Yeah. I mean, not, not even watching that scene, but I feel like, or in that episode, but I feel like as a viewer watching it, that would be... I mean, that would be a speechless moment. Yes, because you're like... figure that out. Yeah, because you're rooting for her the whole time. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, we all deal with our shit, and everyone's being shitty yeah, towards like, you, but you go. Yeah, everyone has problems, you but know. But then you find that out, and you're like, oh, yeah. fuck, you did something 
bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not her fault, but just the blow of like she's the cheat. She's the one that was cheating. Like she's the one. She was the other woman. You're just like, oh fuck. Gosh. And then they like introduce a whole other plot line in season two that ma- that basically makes her believe in herself again. It's just oh, that's right. It's a whole thing, but like. It was so well done. It's so well produced. The cuts are amazing. The writing, phenomenal. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, if you ever listen to this, <laughs> you are fantastic. Um, yeah, it's just really thought-provoking, and it's wonderfully brilliant. Well, I did watch it and think, okay, this is something new that could shake TV up again. Yeah. Even though, again, like I said, I'm not personally into watching it. I probably will never continue to watch it, but I mean, it is something to be mentioned about and talked about. Yeah. Definitely given recognition for. Oh, yeah. I need to hear more about it because, ugh. Like, it's, it, like, and I love uh, a lot of British shows. I wouldn't say a lot. I love British uh, shows and films and actors and especially like comedic British shows. Like the timing. I love that comedic timing. Like Holy Grail, um, uh, Faulty Towers, stuff like that. Yeah. Like that's my kind of shit. And this is just yeah, bringing it. British TV. Right. I understand. <laughs> it's like it's a totally different type of thing. Uh, but I think it's brilliant and it's like it's taking that and then turning it into something new yeah and I think it's fantastic I really it's It's really sad because there's only six episodes per season and it's oh you'll go through them fast oh yeah and they're only like 30 minutes long wow yeah that made me really upset but you know what I would really I don't know I feel like I hope I'm not, you know, over seven pounds. If there's something else you would like to say, you can go ahead and say it. But I do think something that's a really great thing to kind of think about, and it's something that just popped in my mind. Why do we like the movies and the TV shows that we do? Hmm. What What is that? I mean, is that how we were raised? You know, the, you know, is it because you know it's been passed down? Like how my mother loved to watch The Little House, and she gave it to me, and or. Is it like in Mad Men where it's like, oh, you know, you watch it, and even though it's in a different time, you can still connect with the stories and the characters? I think it's how your life has gone. Yeah. To me, like, the experiences that you have had that allow you to connect to certain TV shows, because... Or disconnect, even, like, how I disconnected with this, yeah. Like... (laughs) <laughs> now there are loopholes to that like with I used to be in love with CSI I loved CSI I loved CSI New right. York I loved CSI Miami have I ever dealt with murder or a crime scene no no but no. I think it's just like when I was younger uh, I did have certain uh, wants and desires to like puzzle solve and yeah. create and be creative and to me CSI was like them trying to create yeah. what happened. Like, recreate it, figure it out for themselves. Maybe that was it. And then, like, uh, for me, like, that, like, Fleabag, as an example, I've had, I sort of have had a dysfunctional family. Like, I grew up without my dad, and I lived with my mom only, and dealing with my emotions with my dad, and then with 
the fact that he started another family, like all that stuff, not, yeah. to get, not to get sentimental or anything. But like dealing with that, I understand what it's like to be separated from a parent and try to grow up in that sense and always wonder how it could have been or what could be. And so right. I think that's a part that I latch on to. But also more for the comedic side, like I just love comedy and as of the past couple of years I've gotten more into like dry comedy yeah and I it's this is a great example of that and I feel like especially with comedy as well you know everyone goes through their phase of like loving stupid humor you know and even though there are older generations they're like oh the Seth Rogans and the James Franco's or you know whatever like oh that's stupid you know that's not even funny but you know they had like the previous generation had, you know, like the Silly Man Walk and the Monty Python and Holy Green. You know, that was stupid humor for its time. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like when you're younger, naturally you do like things like that because you get it. <laughs> and then when you get older, you're like, okay, I like dry humor too. You know, you, you change and you evolve as you get older as well. And so you can connect in different ways that you haven't previously before. Yeah. So, but that's a that's a great point. Why do we like? Why do we connect with the things that we connect with? If you can comment on this episode, give your thoughts of like, one, what are your top three shows? But two, why do you think we like TV shows we like? Right. Not us specifically, but us. Yeah. No, I know why I like Mad Men. No, I know. I don't need you. I don't need you to tell me what I think, (laughs) Mom. Dad. Well, sometimes. And John Heath. How Some, dare you? Well, sometimes I do need you to tell me what to do because I'm lost. Same. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, we all are. <laughs> all right. Our top three favorite TV shows down. Well, next week you shall hear from us again. Yeah. We're going to be doing top three plays slash musicals. All right. And I've been a big mouth about everything I know, and I'm going to be very quiet that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll probably be quiet, too. I may not. I don't know. The ones I'll pick, I'm probably pretty obsessed with. So Me. I am I can already think of two. Me, me. That's going to be me. That's <laughs> me right now. Me. Me. <laughs> Hungry. <laughs> My uh, everyone back at MTSU, they're gonna be like, and what was your degree in again? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you majored in what? You majored in film or theater? Ah, theater. theater. Oh, why are you meeping? Couldn't tell. <laughs> Honestly, couldn't tell. Whoops. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so tune in next time for when we talk about that. Uh, thank you for listening and. Catch you on the flip side. Fuck Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) Screw Pete Campbell. That's the moral of the episode. (laughs) So, until next time. Bye-bye. Peace.